I have uh, twin boys who just finished eighth grade. And one of the uh, things about that's been fun to watch in these last three years as they go through junior high has been watching some of their classmates. I'm going to say them, but I don't want to get in trouble with them. But um, all these different people in their class struggling to find identity. You've got, and you, now as you get to eighth grade and they're heading off to high school, you see how at least some of them for now have identified themselves in certain ways. You've got the ones that are clearly have said, we're the jocks. And they've got all the stuff going with that. The academics are doing their thing. The artists are doing their things. And you've got all these different people searching to try to figure out exactly where they fit in and what their identity is. And they're trying out different things and doing these different parts. And there's part of that we can think back on and remember from that time in our lives. But there's also a part of us, I think, that is always mindful in thinking about who we are and how do we fit in and how these different pieces are and what our identity is. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Part of baptism is coming to a place of recognizing our ultimate identity is in Christ. And I want to unpack that just, just a little bit with what we say today. But we're doing this as part of a sermon series that we're midway through called A New Song. And what we're doing with this sermon series is we, I recognize that many of you in the room probably have never listened to contemporary Christian music during the week. And we take in a few contemporary Christian songs and we want to look at the theology that's in them and then kind of introduce you to them so that you can consider listening to those during the week as a great way to get some reminder of some of these truths while you live out your faith Monday back around to the next Sunday, right? That, we, that we're not just a Sunday faith, that we're the rest of the week as well. And it can be a super reminder. And we're going to be looking at a, at a wonderful song um, today, which I'll introduce in just a few moments. But the song is ultimately talking about our identity. And you're, you may have heard, noticed a few minutes ago that when Eric set, um, pulled out this thing called the cremation oil and he marked on Colin's forehead and said, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. It's a statement that really is saying that by what God's doing in the Holy Spirit, your identity here forward is as a child of God as one who's been called to this place of knowing God's love um, through Christ. And there's a very real powerful sense in which for every one of us in here, our identity is meant to be tied up in Christ. And it certainly has been super clear. We can get fuzzy on this sometimes because we live in peaceful, prosperous times and all this. But when you go back and look at the church in times when the church has been persecuted, they're super clear. Because your faith is something you may die for, right? And so they're clear. If I'm in, I'm in, and it means that's who I am. It's, I'm all in. That's my identity. And you get, these, you get a lot of great writings and witnesses from the early church around this. I always think about one that came from the second century in Gaul. And um, there's this deacon called Deacon Sanctus. And we, we talk about him because we have records of what took place with him. But he gets caught as being a Christian and they bring him forward. And every time they ask him a question, like, what's your name? His answer is, I'm a Christian. You're like, where do you live? I'm a Christian. He just keeps answering with everything they put out to him, I'm a Christian. And part of what he's saying is there's no higher identity that he has than acknowledging that, that he's a Christian. And that's part of who he is. That's part of what he's about, that that's everything. And I imagine it was completely annoying to the person interrogating him. He probably got thrown to the wild beasts, but um, if that was going to happen anyway. But he was, 
he was saying again and again, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. That is the ultimate identity. And part of our call, I think, is to come back to that place. And when we get to that place where we're holding on and we really think about our identity as being Christ followers and that we, each of us in this room, have been called by Christ and marked as Christ's own forever, and that's part of who we are, that's the chief part of who we are, there are all these incredible things of power, these great attributes, these things that go with that. And I wanna say more about that in just a minute. But before we do that, I, I wanna recognize that um, it's not just automatic, right? It may be more clear when you're being persecuted because you understand what, what you're in, you don't take anything lightly, but many of us can hold it casually. But there's something that is pulling us all the time away from holding on to that identity. And we can talk about what that is, but it's oftentimes this little voice in our head that is saying something about, eh, is that right? Is that really you? Or this different parts about it. I don't know what that is. I'll say more about it in a minute. I don't know what that is. I wonder to what extent we'd be willing to have a discussion about whether that's something dark that's taking place. You know, one of the things that the um, godparents and parents said a few moments ago was, do you renounce Satan and the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? And their answer, their answer is, I do. And we stop and think, oh, are we talking about Satan in church? What? Could that be? Is that something that we're about? But of course, Scripture is full of references to that. It makes us, gives us the heebie-jeebies to talk about it. But Scripture talks about it. I mean, Paul talks in Ephesians 6 about putting on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Peter, this first great leader in the church in Jerusalem, says, Dis discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for somebody to de devour. Are we okay thinking about that side? I'm not going to go there today completely in this thing, but I will tell you tomorrow at Pub Theology, <laughs> Billy Abraham, Oxford-trained uh, PhD in philosophy, is going to be talking about this very point on personal evil and what do we do with that. And you rarely hear people brave enough to talk about it. Um, I'm delighted he's going to be speaking about it. Think about coming tomorrow night, invite a friend, and come hear somebody, a great Christian, a great intellect, talk about personal evil and what that is. For right now, all I want to say, however we think about what it is, I think the experience that many of us have is this small voice in our head that oftentimes wants to say these negative things to us, uh, whatever it is, you're not worthy, you're not this, you're not whatever, that's trying to pull us away from whatever it is we're meant to be and whatever God's calling us to be. And our song that we're going to look at and that the band's going to play in a few minutes speaks right into that. So let me say a few words about that, and then I'm going to go into talking about some of the lies that get told and what God tells us about these different things. Lauren Daigle is a 28-year-old singer-songwriter, originally from Lafayette, Louisiana. And um, she started um, originally, like so many artists, she started in the choir. And then she led choirs and participated in choirs at LSU. And then she... Um, got rejected, you know, talk about the roads we're all on, the things we face. I think she got rejected like three times from American Idol. And then she uh, put out her first album in, in 2015. She put out another album. And then last summer, she put out an album that sort of really went big. And I'm, I'm, I'll say more about that in just a second. But the big song that came out of that, amongst others, was this song called You Say. And that's what we're going to hear in just, in just a minute. And You Say um, is a song that 
sort of knocked the lights out. It, it, um, it was for 35 weeks on the Billboard's um, Hot Christian song chart, setting a new record. Um, it became, it peaked at number one in multiple different charts, the Christian Airplay um, charts, all of this. And then last January, it was released on all the sort of mainstream stations and they've picked it up. So you may have heard it even if you don't listen to contemporary Christian music, there's a chance that you've already heard it. Um, it, came, it came out in July, but that was enough time, enough of a window for it to become the second biggest Christian song of 2018. It won a Grammy Award um, for the best contemporary Christian song last year. So it's this powerful song, but it's about identity. And um, I'll say more about where it came from, but I wanna start by just reading the opening verse of the song we're about to hear. She starts out by saying, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. This idea that we're never going to measure up is one of those little voices we hear. And the thing we don't say enough about Christianity, like if you wanted to start talking about distinctives in Christianity, like the very first sentence has always got to mention grace. Because we are a faith that's about grace. Part of what we want to say is it's not karma. You're in trouble if it's karma. It's about this free gift. It's about something we don't earn. It's about God's love being poured out. It's about God saying, you're mine and I love you. And all you have to do is receive the gift. You go read the first chapter of John. To those who would receive the gift he gave. It's just this gift that you receive. And once you receive it, there's so much freedom in it because you're no longer worried about, am I gonna measure up? Is there enough? Have I, am I too bad of a sinner? Oh, look how I slipped up and got that wrong. All these different things that we can just let go of and say, and just stop and celebrate God's grace pouring over us. We don't have to measure up. I will tell you the rest of it though, is that God doesn't leave us there because on Pentecost, we're particularly mindful of this. As we embrace that gift, God will pour out his spirit in us if we let him and be open to it. Don't quench it, as Paul says. And he will continue to mold us into his likeness. He will walk with us on this journey to begin to look more like he looks with love and joy and peace and kindness and all these different things coming up in us. So that's the first thing. She kind of raises this issue of feeling unworthy. And I think right along with it, she talks about this voice that makes it say, that makes us think we're not loved or gets us to a place where we, f we don't feel anything. We don't feel, it's not necessarily we feel unloved, we just don't feel anything. But part of our Christian identity that we want to claim and hold on to, we'll hear more about this next week, I think, is that we are the beloved of God, that God loves us. And we're reminded of that famous, probably the most famous verse in all of scripture, that God so loved the world that he gave his son. This, this whole business of Jesus coming amongst us and going to the cross and all this is because he loves us. So don't ever stop and think you're not loved because God's great and tremendous love for us just comes in, again and again. There are lots of passages we could look at. You know, Jesus says, um, talking in John 15, this is a commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. And he's just throwing it down. Do, do what I've done. I've loved you like crazy. Love other people in the world like crazy. No one has greater love than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. 
You're my friends. That's what he says. There's no greater love than what Jesus has done. You are loved. If you ever doubt it, get out across and look at it and think about Jesus being there for you. St. Paul, I'm not going to read it, but in Ephesians 3, this church he loves, he prays for them saying, like one of the things he wants as a pastor, he loves this church, is he's saying, I really, really want you to think about how wide and deep and huge God's love is for you. Because when you get that, it'll change how you live your life. If you accept that love and are grateful for that love, it will change how you live your life again and again. And that's something that we keep coming back to. That voice may say, you're not loved. That voice may say, oh, I don't feel anything. I've been abandoned or whatever it is. God is saying again and again, I love you. I love you. I love you. We just need to open our eyes and receive it and hear it and accept it. And I know I go there sometimes myself. I'm not saying that, that, this is, that we're immune from this. But part of this is coming back and hearing that again and again. Part of our Christian identity is to know that we're loved that way. Along with that, I think, is we hear a voice, maybe this one more often, that talks about how bad off you are and how weak you are. Oh, everything's wrong in my life. I don't have any good relationships. Oh, my life is so messed up, I don't have financial means. Oh, my life is so messed up because of this and this, and I'm just a weak whatever it is. And God wants to say to us and says in Scripture, in your weakness, I'm, made, I'm strong. Like he gives you strength in that weakness. He will use in this upside down world the way he does power. As we get broken and weak, he can use us for great things. He will be, make strength out of this, right? And we think about this, St. Paul, this great saint, he didn't get everything answered. Some of y'all will remember this passage where he talks about how he's got this thorn in his side. He's got whatever going on with him and he prays for it to be taken aside. We don't know what it is. But this is what he says. He says, three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. He goes on to say, for whenever I'm weak, then I'm made strong. This idea of that. And we could keep going and unpacking all these different attributes of what it means to have our ultimate identity in Christ. I want to hit just one more, and that is this idea of belonging. Because there's times when we feel like we're on the outside. Everybody else has got something going on, and we're on the outside somewhere. We're outsiders. But God is saying, you're my children. And part of Pentecost, we think about the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 talks about this. that The Holy Spirit is the one that allows us to cry out, Dad. To recognize that we're the children of God and to experience his love. And again, Scripture promises again. Jesus says, I'm never going to leave you. Jesus says, you're mine. Anybody that God's given me like this, I'm, you're never going to be left behind. It's this ownership and this love and that he's with us. It's part of what it means to live out our faith. And, and the final part about this, I think, and you're going to hear it in all of these things that I'm going through, if you haven't figured out, she's going to remind us in this song. But the final thing is, if we're going to grow in this, we receive all this in our identity, if we're going to grow in this, it's going to call us again and again to surrender, to set aside our own worldly ambitions, our own things that want to get in there, our own voice that says, you need to go conquer this and do that, instead of submitting and saying, my life is in your hands. Do with me, do with me whatever you want. And we get that in the song. Lauren Daigle's part of what she's going to say in a minute, you're going to hear it in the song, is taking all I have now and laying it at your feet. That's a surrender. You have every failure and you'll have every victory. 
Jesus says when you lose your life, you find it. This ultimate act of surrender that we, that we put in. And ultimately, when we get to that place, the only thing that matters is our interaction with God. Success becomes nothing more than how we live with God. A, a well-lived life is one lived for and with God. That's it. It takes all the pressure and burden of, this, of other notions of success off the table. I want to say two more things, and then we'll invite the band, band up here um, to come up. And while they're coming up, I'll say a few things. Um, that, was, that was a cue I was about to forget. Um, <laughs> this song is great. I mean, it was at the top of the charts forever, so it's one we wanted to do. But I will say also for me personally, in some dark passages the last year, this song really spoke to me. You know, I, I think about one of the first times I heard this, I'm at the red light with tears running down my eyes, thinking of the person next to me is looking at me going, what's going on with that dude over there in the car? Because to me, it's, this song is a blessing reminding us who we are in Christ and the way that we're meant to be. And just a little bit of background before, this is going to be our closing prayer, it's going to be the song. But Lauren Daigle um, tells a story how she wrote this song. She had, the night before she was scheduled to go into the studio and work on some songs with her producers, she won a couple big awards in the Christian Awards for music, the Dove Awards. And so she came in, um, this feeling of she'd won all these big awards the night before, and now there, there was sort of nothing. It was the other side of that. And she was thinking about, is my identity all these ups and downs? And so she wrote this song coming back saying, I want to have a song that goes beyond that, that says, my security, my place, my identity is all wrapped up in this place with God. And I want to have a song in this that I can sing as a prayer for me on stage that reminds me of who I am every time I go up on stage. And that's how she wrote the song. And I think it speaks so powerfully into our lives, and I hope it blesses you.